With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grayson. And welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, Episode 3.08, coming to you live on March the 1st, 2012. I am Steve San Pietro, one of your hosts for the podcast. Be joined in a second by my co host, Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino Caliente, coming in in a minute, coming to you live from Comac, fresh off. Father-daughter sports night at Burr Junior High School. The man, the myth, the legend. Mr. Brian Calvi. Hey, Brian. Hey, Steve. Hello there. Welcome. Welcome to uh, episode 308. No title for it yet. We don't know what's going to happen. Oh, it's one of those. It's one of those. Anything goes. Wow. All bets are off. We've made it to uh, March. We were just talking a couple weeks ago how we were in the dead zone with uh, Christopher Walken, and we were just, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I, you know what? I just found out, Cal. I had been telling you, or I had been telling you. I told you a couple weeks ago that Kevin Pollack does that really good uh, chat podcast. How I've been a big fan of Kevin Pollack's work for years and years and years, and he does this great chat podcast weekly on Sundays. It's video and uh, audio podcast. And he had Ed O'Neill on about a month ago, a month and a half ago, and who was just phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, all walk-in impressions are now finished. After uh, That's Pollock? It. That's it. He he yeah. he is so good, Cal. He has another podcast that he does called Talkin' Walkin'. And he does it just as Christopher Walken? He just – he does an entire 45 minutes as Christopher Walken. You know who probably hates that is Jay Moore. Yes, taking the right. mantle from – he's so good and conversational with him, and he can be funny with him. So I'm not even going to do a dead zone walking thing. I'm not – I made the you reference. Can't. It's the sports dead zone 
Brian. You said you weren't going to do it, though. I can't help myself. There's no reason not to try it. Always. I'm a a hoofer at heart. (laughs) Pollock goes back. He goes back to that all the time. I'm a song and dance man at heart. Uh, but anyway, it, re- com- it really is one of the more fun impressions to do. It's whether fine. you're good at it or not. Everybody has one. I've been doing mine since the SNL sketch with uh, Kevin Spacey playing Christopher Walken as Han Solo. Yes, in the auditions on Saturday Night Live, the Lost auditions. Uh huh. That's where I did my first uh, Walken, and it was okay. it was me doing Spacey doing. Walk in doing Han Solo. And right. it went and it went a little something. Like this. Here we go. <laughs> You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon. The ship that made the Kessel run in less than twelve parsecs. She's fast enough for you, old man. Wait, that sucked. Can I do it again? <laughs> See it's not bad. Mine's solid, but it's not spectacular. It's not anyway, bad. Not bad at all. We were in the dead zone. We were in the sports dead zone that dreaded time between uh, the end of uh, football after the Super Bowl New York Giants, Super Bowl victorious New York Giants winning that game. By the way, can't be reminded of enough, by the way, every day. No, no. Every, every time day. you turn around, there's another giant signing an autograph. Every day. On, on doing an interview, you know, because on February 28th, that's what you want to hear is from the Giants. Yeah. Uh, but they, you have to give them their due. They're Super Bowl champions again for the second time in four years. So, but anyway, uh, congratulations! The dead, then. Congratulations! <laughs> Underrated line from Bachelor Party, by the way. I know. This is my brother Rick. He's getting married. <laughs> She's giving the guy a, a, a what do you call it? Like a proctology exam. Yeah. <laughs> And he turns around, old man. Congratulations. Um, so we're we're out of that now. We hit March first. Baseball is heating up. There's a ton to talk about with the Mets and the Yankees in spring training. You didn't think there would be. They're like a day into camp, and yet this is the age we live in, Cal. This it's there's. I mean, first of all, the situation with the Mets is so interesting, but stories abound. Well, we here in New York for. For the last few years, it's, we've always talked about it. You know, baseball is a 12-month sport now. We talk about it year-round. Yeah, and and with blogs and with Twitter and with the advent of uh, uh, social media and and using that more to cover your to to follow your teams, um, it's completely year-round. Right. I mean, how often do you during spring training do you go on Mets blog? A couple of times a day. Right, got to be four or five times a day. Just I to would see say what's going on. I think. I, well, I mean, I check. It, I check it out. I check it out every single day, even in the off season. No, we do regardless in the off you know? season. But once you're in Port St. Lucie, but look who's down there, Cal. Right. You have three or four Met bloggers down there. Mm-hmm. Actually, in Port St. Lucie, covering the Mets, you have the same thing for the Yankees. Very similar coverage for the Yankees. It's just covered in a different way. So I do want to. You know, Fred Wilpon gave his little speech, you know, his little impromptu press conference. I do want to talk about that with you because I've been chomping at the bit. You wrote a little something about that too, didn't you? I did. I wrote a little something on the website on uh, www.rtusports.com. Check it out. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, – we can do this later in the show, Bri. But the sports guy, Bill Simmons, 
had President Obama on his podcast. I know. President, he got, he, I mean, talk about a get. He had President Obama on his podcast. Yeah. And we talk a lot on this show about social media, about how sports are now covered, about it's an entirely different age, and some dinosaurs in the sports talk realm do not accept this. Right. And what better example of how far podcasting has come, especially mm-hmm. sports podcasting, when the biggest sports podcast that there is gets the sitting president for 25 minutes to talk about basketball. Did you listen to it? I did. How was it? I didn't listen to it. How was it's, it? It's excellent. It's good? Yes. And I, you and I have been critical uh, as fans of Bill Simmons in the past. Uh, I put I tried to put myself in his spot. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get all sycophanty or anything for Bill Simmons. Uh, I've had my disagreements with how he covers things. I've had my disagreements with how he runs his podcast. But overall, I think he is changing the face of sports talk in certain ways. Creating the Grantland Network and and the podcast on Grantland and um, I tried to put myself in that spot, Cal. Mm-hmm. He's interviewing the President of the United States in the White House. Like he's, and he's, and he was he maintained you know he was professional about it. He didn't he was professional and yet casual. Okay. You know he made a joke about uh, the president actually teased him about Tom Thibodeau. Coming over from the Celtics, uh-huh. he said to him, I know you're a big Celtics fan, so let me just say thanks for Thibodeau. Appreciate it. <laughs> and Tim was like, ah, that hurts. You know, like he was himself. Yeah. He had the proper amount of uh, – Cal, he did a fantastic job. He really did. But what a, what a testament to how far podcasts, uh, sports podcasts have come. Oh, it's, it's, that's huge. Did you see what I tweeted about uh, Francesa? Um. I don't think I did. I, you know, I had a very busy night, so I didn't really get a we're chance gonna, to. We're gonna get to that in a second. Yeah, I'm, so I apologize for that. But no, I I finished listening to the podcast, and I recalled a few years ago that Mike Francesa, our good friend over at WFAN New York Sports, Mike Mike's on uh, the Pope of New York Sports, uh, had gotten had gotten into it with Bill Simmons a few years ago when Bill Simmons first started the podcast and said, you know, who is he to criticize me? What the, what the heck is a podcast? Podcast is silly. How many how many listeners does he have? Right. Well, well and he and he also, I mean, he he's had a he's gotten into it with Bill Simmons. He got into it with Matthew Cerrone of Mets Blog. Matthew Cerrone about Mets Blog, right. You know, I mean, it's you you couldn't you couldn't be more out of touch with the way sports media is is heading right now. That's right. If if you're taking on those two guys. That's right. Locally and nationally. Those are two examples. Yep. And uh, so I tweeted, uh, in case you're scoring at home, that's sitting sitting presidents interviewed by Bill Simmons, one, by Mike Francesa, zero, or by Mike Francesa, who called podcasts silly, zero. Right. Right. So – I, 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 it's a score for what we're doing. It's a score for what you and I have talked about this show trying to become. When, when we started this show, we wanted to be like WFAN and a sports talk call-in show. That's what we grew up on. And we've moved away from that. And, go ahead. No, let, let's, let's not 
mis- misrepresented. We never talked about having the president on our show. <laughs> well, you did. That's, <laughs> that's been my goal. Since oh, really? That, that's what this is all about? December of 2009. Oh, okay. No, you're, you're absolutely right. What, what, what I mean is moving away from the call-in sort of uh, pomposity that was going on with call-in sports talk shows and trying to be more of a podcast where it's two guys just talking about sports and having a guest every once in a while and, and also trying to be a home for bloggers and social media types. and um, Anyway. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. Instead of a, um, a lecture. That's correct. That's that's absolutely that's a, that's a good uh, analogy, right? Yep, it it absolutely is, and I I uh, I feel like we're getting there. But anyway, let's not break our arms patting ourselves on the back. Enough about us. How about us? How great do you think we are? <laughs> I love me. Who do you love? Ah, we're just kidding. You'll notice that we are sans uh, a, a special presence tonight. Yeah, where is uh, where is the old bishop tonight? We're gonna go ahead and play his intro uh, music. We're gonna play his intro. I feel like, pour, I feel like pouring one out for him. <laughs> right? Normally, on a, on a normal week, I'd be saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the podcast our producer, Bishop Popcorn Uh But. Uh, Alas, alack. You're not going to believe this. He's got to work tonight. What? That's right. He does have to work tonight. Here. <laughs> what is he doing? So your first question is, he has a job? I, you know, I, I, I knew of something that he might do, <laughs> per se, but I wasn't really sure what the job actually was. No, he's actually he's actually doing that thing. Uh, where, uh, you know, our, our buddy uh, Jim Nance said he is second to none. Oh, oh, okay, good. He's doing some sound engineering for uh, IMG. Couldn't tell me what. Couldn't tell me what it was. That's all right. That's correct. It just it just it lends to his air of mystery. It does. It does. He couldn't tell me what project he was working on, but he's actually working tonight. He was going to try to maybe call in later. But uh, he, he said he's being watched. Oh, okay. So uh, we will miss the pop, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ tonight. Uh, there will be no instant impressions, other than the eight minutes of walking I did at the top of the show. <laughs> um, Cal, tell me about uh, Sports Night. Sports Night at the uh, not at the, the old... not the TV show, not the tremendously underrated Aaron Sorkin TV show. No, no, and yeah, that you know he's not here, so we can play that game. Underrated, overrated, rated, <laughs> rated. I think. Uh, tremendously underrated. Absolutely. That show is phenomenal. Great show. Uh, I think it's on Netflix, too. Is it really? Yeah, so if anybody has not seen Sports Night, check it out. It's really good. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, sor- it's Sorkin-y. It's sorkin It's rich with Sorkin. And if and, and if that if that rubs you the wrong way, it might not be the show for you, but if, if you like... Aaron Sorkin and, and what he does it, it's it's an and good acting tremendous cast you have Josh Charles there uh, some may know him as Knox Overstreet from Dead Poets Society others may know him now from The Good Wife right uh, Josh uh, Charles Peter Krause uh, Peter Krause uh, pre uh, Six Feet Under right. 
So he's not a star yet. They play the two anchors of a uh, fictional uh, ESPN-type sports night show. A pre-Desperate Housewives Felicity Huffman? Right. Who's married, of course, to... See, they're all intermingled there. Felicity Huffman's married to William H. Macy, yes? Yeah, we call him Bill. Bill Macy, right. Bill Macy. Well, when I worked with him. (laughs) I got a funny story about Bill Macy. Let's have it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I don't. I I actually don't. Uh, I called him Bill uh, once. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't even know you. Uh, Robert Guillaume? Robert Guillaume, yes, he was the head of the uh, of the network, right? He plays the uh, right. He plays the head of the network. It's a great show. Joshua Molina, who show. became a Sorkin uh, disciple later on. That's in right. Yep. It used on the West Wing, of course. Really, really, just a really good show. You know what? There's a lot of though, Cal, because it is Sorkin Sorkin esque. There's a lot of walk and talks. Oh yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of the walk and talks. There is. That's how you do a a walk a uh, Sorkin scene, a walk and talk. You have to be walking, going somewhere, mm-hmm. and you and you have the conversation, and then you get to the set piece. But it's walk, walk, walk. We're talking, we're talking. I'm so busy. I have a ton of things to do. We're talking. We're totally talking. Ask him about that. I don't even know what you're talking about from last night. But if you are, you should probably do it in somebody else's office. No, Janine, I don't want any coffee, and I don't want that highlight of Charles Barkley. And then you're at the set, and you've done a walk and talk. Yes, and you've got – yeah, that's right. And your destination, destination. And, and then someone else joins the person yeah, at the set, right? and, and there you go. And <laughs> We just wrote a Sorkin scene. Anyway, sports did night. You, did you ever get into um, Studio 60 on the sunset? Loved it. Loved it. It's great, right? Of course I did. I'm, I'm, I'm so predictable. Yeah, I know. With my TV but, watching. I really, I really liked it. It was it was excellent. The biggest, a, it was unsustainable, and it was preachy. yes, it did, and it was unsustainable. Yeah, I know. It was costing like like six million dollars an episode to make. But another another just knockout cast. Walk and talk, walk and talk, walk and talk. <laughs> there are walk certain, talk, which was which is what the name of this episode is going to be titled. Walk and talk. That's right. Walk. Walk and talk. But there are certain actors that just handle it extraordinarily well. And I think one of the uh, – like Peter Krauser or like Bradley Whitford. They right. hand, There's just like there's actors that work with Mamet that handle Mamet dialogue really, really well. Mm-hmm. The thing about sports night though – and then we'll, we'll talk about actual sports night. It's, it, it could have been ah, – I just feel like it hit at the wrong time. You think I th- I think if it hit now it wouldn't have been as good. Oh, see I think if it hit now it kills only because of Twitter and Facebook and Oh, well maybe yeah, you have the whole social media aspect of it. That's true. Right. Like it, the word of mouth spreads on that show if it hits 3 years ago as opposed to 10 years ago. But I feel like ESPN and the sports centers are played out by now. That's true. That's true. You it know, was a couple a years ago, it was it was good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's loosely based on Patrick and Overman, on Dan Patrick right. and Keith Overman, right? Uh, and that's who Krause and uh, Josh Charles are playing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're definitely right. There, there's a pocket there. There's a little window that he had to hit, but you know, again, it's like Arrested Development. Like Arrested Development happens five years too early, right? You know, if Arrested Development starts three years ago when Mad Men did, or four years ago when Mad Men did, it's huge. It never goes off the air. 
and not on a network. You know what? I had you know what? It was fine on Fox, Cal. I think it, no, I I agree with you. I think it was fine on Fox. I think it would have been more successful and more sustainable on cable. I disagree. Yeah? I think the only reason that it failed, and this is just my personal opinion. I don't want to play David B. and Cooley here. <laughs> I'm David B. and Cooley for fresh air. Um, I think the, the the largest reason it failed is because Fox never knew how to uh, promote it and advertise for it, and nobody had done it yet. Like, look at 30 Rock. Look at the way 30 Rock is structured. Look at what 30 Rock does with, like, quick flashbacks and uh, super surreal sort of dialogue and that sort of thing. Good point. That nobody had done it yet. Fox had no idea. Now, if it was on NBC three years ago as the lead into 30 Rock, forget about it. Yeah, you're right. Because it didn't need to be on HBO. It didn't need cursing. It didn't need nudity. I was thinking more like... Um, Promotionally? Like, no, no, more like an AMC. AMC, you know? okay. But AMC is only there because of Mad Men. And Mad Men's three years ago, or four years ago. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Well, anyway, now that we've had a frank discussion of TV, and uh, but uh, well, that's but, but it plays into the, go back. It plays, yeah. it plays into the whole dead zone topic. That this is what we're, <laughs> this is what we're talking about right now. Right. Um, actual sports night. Yeah. Interesting. It was at the old intermediate school. Right, which was the junior high school that we attended. It's the junior high school that we actually. Attended um, one of one of my most favorite athletic memories, not a specific memory, but an event was was our maroon and gold night, which was our those were our school colors in junior high school. That's right. And and they took the uh, the graduating eighth graders and split them into two teams, maroon and gold, and uh, we competed in a series of events. And it was very that was very similar to what happened tonight. It was a week of events too, by the way. Moon and Gold. There were there were the preliminary events that led up to the night to the night of, right? Yes, you're right. Because that's because that's when you got hurt, as as you reminded us today. That's correct. <laughs> it was it was in one of the preliminary events, right? We were talking about it, a couple of our friends and going back and forth on our uh, you know in our chat room, our RTU chat room on our phones or whatever. And uh, I was saying the scars from that event from getting picked. Because it was done by choice, so we elected captains, right? And those captains picked teams, right? Of everyone, of an entire oh. class of kids, yes. So, and it was, of course, those lists. I mean, those lists were about as uh, sacred as the list of 103 for the PEDs. <laughs> you know, the list of where you were picked. Of course, yeah. that leaked. You know, I don't know if we had a TMZ back then, but. So somebody somebody acted as TMZ and leaked. I saw right. the list, and of course the captains who picked it weren't going to keep their mouth shut. No. So why should an eighth grader, you know, say fourteen year old kid? Yeah, I picked you ninety sixth. You know. So um, I I was just commenting that some of us have emotional scars from that evening, while I have a physical scar from from that uh, uh event. Literally, huh? Yes. Yes, I, I uh, slid to block a shot in our floor hockey match. Wait a second. Wait a second. You you slid to block a shot in an eighth grade preliminary, essentially what was a, a gym class. 
and you injured yourself. I uh, that's correct. Floor, I, floor I, hockey was one of that we played maroon versus gold floor hockey. I had grown up playing street hockey and 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 stuff like that. Eventually roller hockey. But my point is, as a as a an eighth grader in a in a in a gym class, essentially, you laid out to block a puck. That's correct. I think it was a ball. I think we actually played floor hockey with a. It was ball, right? A ball. Yeah. Took a took a stick to the face. <laughs> have, a, have a scar on my chin to this day. Oh, right man. in the uh, right in the Harrison Ford spot. Yeah, right. right in the Harrison Ford spot. Yeah, that was that was it's a good year for you. That eighth grade year. broke my thumb in the last game of the couple of months. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we won the game. I will say that. Well, I should hope so. Yes, I laid out to block a shot. So, Julia, sports night. Yeah, my daughter Julia. She's a, she's in third grade. So so they they've changed the configuration of the school since we went. Um, so she's a little younger, but still the same. It was the same exact venue, and really strange being in that gym, which uh, essentially twenty five years later, mm-hmm. for the exact same reason, you know. Yeah. Um, but what they do is they 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 again run run some events with the kids. Some are with the kids, some are with the parents. Well, some are kids and parents involved here. Oh yeah, no, this was this was um, all inclusive, like Club Med, a little bit. Uh, but there's, I mean, just the the volume of people you didn't get inv- in, involved in too many in too much. So uh, so my event tonight was garbage ball. Nice. Do you know what garbage ball is? I don't. Okay, I didn't either until, uh, and it was funny because I, you know, I'm asking her in front, of, you know, in front of her friends. Wait, what? You know, Julia, what's garbage ball? And I got the, <laughs> Dad, <laughs> garbage ball. You threw a ball into a garbage pail. <sighs> She's eight. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I spent the rest. Of, I spent the rest of the night just be just holding her water, literally. Right. Like she'd come running over and grab the bottle of water out of my hand. How did you fare uh, in garbage ball, though? Well, it's weird because it was an adult event, so the kids would go first, and then the adults go. Garbage ball basically is exactly what it sounds like. You're trying to throw a Nerf basketball into a garbage pail. And they set the two garbage pails up on either end of the gym, and you just you just throw on the balls. Now, there were, the rules were you couldn't cross – the center line, obviously. And then the other rule was you couldn't try to block a ball from going into the pail. Good sportsmanship. Sure. Completely taking any shred of comp- uh, competitiveness out of out of the event. <laughs> so the rest of us just kind of looked at each other like, well, okay, wouldn't. So, so now what? So you just wanted to be swatting the ball, like totally minute bowling. Right, but you couldn't, you couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. No, so it was just you throw the ball, you pick it up, you try to throw it into the pail. That was it. So you got um, your exercise tonight? I, no, I st- I stood in one spot <laughs> and <laughs> just watched these Nerf balls rain down around me. So you worked out tonight? And I, said, you know, I, I I had my I had my track pants on. I see that. I see you got. You know, we we do the video streaming chat, so we can uh, chat with each other here. And yeah. I see you got the Under Armour on. Were you sponsored okay. for tonight? I was. Yeah, Under Armour. Um. I got my uh, 
I got my my, my sneakers on. I was I was all ready to go. I thought I was going to be involved in. Now, to be fair, there were some more physical events. There was a a, a an adult kid scooter race. Nice. So you push the kid to the one end, and then the kid pushes the adult back. Hey. Yeah, that's just that's just uh, an injury waiting to yeah, happen. Yes, exactly. That's a lawsuit under the wheels and <laughs> big loops falling off a uh, you know a four inch scooter. <laughs> Talk about a lawsuit, boy! I hope none of them were lawyers. <laughs> Talk about a lawsuit waiting to happen. It was great, but uh, but what I was most proud of was was my daughter was in the uh, race chase. Right, it's called the race chase, and basically, it's the two teams line up on either side and they run uh, counterclockwise to each to each other mm-hmm. around the gym. One goes one way, the other one goes the other way. And the idea is, and it's a relay race, and the idea is to try to catch the other person. That's the chase part. It's a race, but that's the chase part. Wrapped in a chase. Now, did yeah. you have her doing two a days for this, or I did. You know, I had her. I we we did some suicides before we got there. <laughs> All, all, she, all she wanted was some juice. I just didn't. I just, I just envision you like Herb Brooks blowing the whistle again and again. I have a whistle and a clipboard <laughs> again and a stopwatch. Run it again. Run it again, Dad. I, I just want some goldfish crackers. No, not yet. What school do you play for? <laughs> Uh, but she she did really good. She was um, one of the fastest out there, and I'm you know, nice. Totally bragging about her, but so she got that cow speed. Yeah, she was fast. She's she's lanky. I mean, she's she's awkward and lanky and long strides and you defi- you defined lanky at that age. I did. I did. <laughs> well, uh, kudos to Julia. It was fun. Oh. But yeah, you know, another another little dad, father daughter bonding. Beautiful. Meanwhile, Emma's at home. What? Emma, see, Emma, Emma does dance with the evil Girl Scouts, or Emma did no, no, no. Emma, Emma's, Emma's a competition dancer, so she's on a, a strict training regimen. <laughs> she needs the exact amount of sleep every night. It's a rough household you got going over there. Kids running, you know, two a days. This is no free rides here. No, you know, what I learn is discipline early with your kids. Early, you with you, I would say you might even be behind the curve here. I might. It <laughs> might be time to get Wes a job. <laughs> it's gonna be fifteen months next week. Can I can I give you some advice with Wes, please? And and you'll never go wrong with this. This is gonna help him for the rest of his life too. All right. Teach him Excel, Microsoft Excel. <laughs> That's it. Cal's keys to parenting. There, there are precious few preschoolers right now that know how to use Microsoft Excel. <laughs> if you get him work in pivot tables and uh, and formulas, and now it's time for Cal's parenting tips. This is the this is our version of the more you know. Right. Go ahead. Say it. Say it again, Cal. Go ahead. Ready? 
Ready? Three, two, one, go. You know what you do for your kids that will always help them the rest of their life? Give them an edge. Teach them Microsoft Excel. You can't go wrong with that. This has been More You Know with Brian Calvi from Ready to Unleash with Cal and Sam Pete. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. We did a we did another The More You Know. Good. And we did, yeah, that's good. Um, hey, listen. And, by the way, clearly there is no producer tonight, as you can tell. I thought that wasn't bad, that I, what I just did there. I, I couldn't figure out what that – what is that music? That's uh, – PJ had uh, put that up there for us. He recorded that. Oh, that was uh, him. Or he found it. Uh, the chances are good he recorded it before the flood, when he still had a studio. Oh, okay. Correct. Yes. I think he – there's no way he recorded that. He's a good guitarist and stuff, but – he found that. I'm not sure why. Wow. I think, I think that was for the segment we were going to do on um, when we were like doing like the medieval sports news, <laughs> <laughs> like like what the sports cast would look like in medieval times. It never went over. I don't know why we're writing like SNL bits here, but that's okay. We don't do bits. We don't do bits. Just talking from the heart. All right. It's a conversation. Couple things, Cal. Uh, this week has already been crazy. Fred Wilpon addresses the media. I need to talk about this. I'm ready to burst. But before we do, I want you to tell our listening audience out there what's on my head. Literally? That's correct. What's on your head? That's right. It's a brand shiny new New York Mets spring training cap 2012 edition. Correct. And what That's some. <laughs> Somebody bearing a striking resemblance to me in all ways, including girth. Say right here on this radio program slash podcast about new Met paraphernalia for the 2012 season. If we were any kind of show, we'd have that racked. We'd right have now. that racked. <laughs> what did I say? Tell them no, it'll be good. What did I say? I, I, I'm, I'm not going to remember the exact... You can paraphrase. It was something about you, as long as the Wilpons own this team, I will not give them another dime. Not give them another dime. Was that right? It was close? That's correct. And, and uh, I, I know PJ and I both thought you wouldn't make it to Memorial Day. Right. With that edict. Turns out I didn't make it to Arbor Day. I didn't make it to uh, Earth Day. No, I mean, you barely made it. You didn't even make it. Well, you made it to March 1. Well, no, tell the tell the people what else that I I texted you. But did you Well, that's true. I didn't know if that was if that was a done deal though. You texted uh <laughs> Oh, it's a done deal. Uh opening day tickets. That's correct. <laughs> that was earlier in the week. That's correct. So, so you made it uh So I had to get a new it, hat. You did not make it out of February. I said that I would not go to a game or give the Wilpons money uh, this season. I was going to buy merchandise. I wasn't going to go to games. I would still watch because I love the Mets and I'd still watch on SNY. But I was not going to contribute uh, to the Wilpons as long as they own the team. Well, right. a funny thing happened on the way to that. And I, and I thought that was the right thing to do because – uh, as has been said a ton this week on the various sports talk uh, stations in, in this town, 
And overall, especially after Fred Wilpon's comments on Monday about how uh, they will hold on to the team and ownership of the team with a death grip, that there's a lot – you can vote with your wallet. You can vote by not going to the games. You know, This is the big thing. Don't go to City Field. Don't buy Met stuff. Uh, Francesa even suggested just go root for the Yankees because, you know, uh, a Met fan's little love affair with the Mets is a temporary thing. Hmm. You know, it's not like you actually love the Mets. Should no, be it's cute. Yeah, it should be easy to just jump ship. It's, um, like, a, it's like a schoolboy crush. That's right. <laughs> the girl with the curl. The girl with the curl. Uh, so I was going along with that theory, and then a funny thing happened on the way to that. Uh, I remembered, A, I love watching live baseball, particularly the Mets. So I'm not going to let the Wilpons win there. B, if I go to the game or not, if there's 50,000 – well, it doesn't hold 50,000. If there's 42,000 people in City Field every day for all of April, it's not going to change a thing about the team or their ownership. Because the revelations to me are, uh, in terms of this, are it has to do with a court case. It's that simple. If they wind up throw, owing three hundred million dollars, they're not going to be able to keep the team. If they wind up only owing eighty-six million dollars, they might be able to keep the team. It has nothing to do with who shows up this year. It has nothing to do with it, Brian. Nothing. I, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would say nothing. Has nothing, it has nothing to do with it. They lost seventy million dollars last year, Brian. I know. They could have ten thousand people in the stands every night. They're still not going to sell the team. But they're going to. But they're going to lose. They're not going to. They're not going to generate the revenue that. But they're not going to generate the revenue that they need to to even try to pay back those debts. They're not going to generate it anyway. It doesn't matter. It's all contingent on a court case. Period. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many fans show up in the stands. It. It doesn't. I just, they're they're going to lose $50 million again this year. Is that going to change the payroll next year? If they're exonerated in the court case and they're able to hold on to the team, they'll spend money. They always have. They haven't spent it wisely. They have no idea what the fans want. They have no idea how to run a team, but they've spent money. So what I'm saying is me going to the game, why should I not – why should I make myself suffer? Look, that's that's been my take on it all along. No, I'm not going to go buy season tickets. I'm not going to go every day. But uh, opening day tickets become available. Yeah, I'll go. It's opening day. It's baseball. It's a mess. If someone, if someone, that team help them keep the team. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not. It's it's really not. What's going to help them keep the team or lose the team? Is the stuff that Howard Megdahl's been writing about? I mean, that's that's the that's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is they have certain loans. Uh, the Wilpons have certain loans that are going to come due at a certain time, and if they can't pay them, eventually they're going to either have to sell the team, go into bankruptcy, or take on a full out the full time partner. And since they can't seem to sell shares of the team to anybody but themselves, <laughs> so uh, my point is this, Bry, and this is what infuriated me all week because. There seems to be a a uh, a ton of uh, sports media types here in this town telling me what I'm supposed to think and feel about the Mets. And I'm going to get to the one that's really burning my craw uh, in a minute. But 
do you think do you think that's true, Brian? What I just said. I mean, Cal, do you think that's true? What I just said. It doesn't matter what how much they lose this year. They're going to try. Like he said on on Monday, you shouldn't concern yourself with who owns the team. No, let me ask a better question. Sorry, that was a bad question. Let me ask a better question. I didn't. I didn't get the question there. Let me ask a better question. Okay. Let me ask a question. <laughs> resembling, do something resembling anything. <laughs> Look, you lost me. I'll be honest. I was like, where's he going? Cow is just about to say, "Baby fish mouth." Uh, <laughs> sweeping the nation. I hear the kids saying it. All right, let's try this again. The 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 question is. Their payroll, everybody's made such a huge uh, deal out of the Mets' payroll. It's gone from $142 million to $91 million or whatever it is. Um, do you think, honestly, that – or what would they have done differently if they hadn't lost $70 million last year? I can't think of one thing. One thing they would have done differently? That's correct. Um – in this off season, what would they have done differently? Yeah, let's say it's pre-Madoff. Let's go back to 2005, and everything's hunky-dory, uh, and Sandy Alderson's running this team. But we have this this off season instead of that off season, right? With the players involved and stuff, uh, and stuff, and 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 whatnot. What would they have done differently? Well, I, honestly, they they would not have overpaid for Reyes. I, they still they still wouldn't have. I agree. You know, and that and that for Mike Hampton, they didn't overpay for A Rod. They didn't overpay for a lot of guys with long term deals. So I agree. So well, this, this, would, this, would, this, would been, this would have been a little different because he's homegrown. And 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 it would there would have been more pressure on them to overpay him. They would have made him an offer for six and a hundred. Okay. But it still would have been incentive based coming off his injuries and whatnot. And they probably would have gotten outbid by the Marlins. They probably would have offered him a little bit more money than that, I think. Absolutely. But that's the only difference, Bry. Would you have wanted them to go sign Mark Burley to a four-year, $35 million deal or whatever he got? No. It's a terrible move. No. Um, th- Are they going to give Albert Pujols 10 years and $250 million with Ike Davis on the roster? I mean, does that make any sense? I think there were things they could have done to improve the team if they were willing to spend a little bit of money. Absolutely. Right? But, I mean, I'm, we're, we're not talking bringing in a stud number one starter or bringing in a cleanup hitting first baseman. No, no huge impact moves like that would have been made if there were no financial difficulties. I, I, I really believe that. I agree. I'm, I'm in no way, shape, or form trying to exonerate the Wilpons here, by any means. No, I know. Anybody who has ever listened to this program, you know me very, very well. Nobody wants them to sell that team more than I do. No one. You'd be hard-pressed to find someone. But this is more about what Sandy Alderson and uh, Dee Podesta and Richardi have come in to do and are doing and this notion that somehow the, the, these guys have been invisible and no Met fan has an idea of what Sandy Alderson's plan is, do you, do, you, do you go on a blog? 
I mean, the guy couldn't be more accessible. He couldn't have said many more times what exactly he is doing with the franchise. Well, well you know what? And and that that's another excellent point, Steve. He's he appears to be more accessible to the bloggers than he does to the beat writers, and that is driving them nuts because they're the ones that deliver the message. It's it traditionally. You got your message about the Mets from the beat writers, and now you're not getting the message from them, so they automatically believe that you don't know what the message is. But let me tell you something. There's a lot of other ways to get that message now. Absolutely, and the Mets are doing very – and the Yankees are as well a little bit, but the Yankees don't need to. The Yankees can control their message. They always have been able to. Okay, The Mets are terrible at controlling their message, and they've screwed it up so badly for so many years. With the regular media, that they're trying their hand with the, you know, the the so the new social media. You know, Sarone on Mets blog uh, had a live Q and A from Port St. Lucie, and he took one of my questions. Of course, we've had Matt uh, had Matt on the show and stuff like that. He knows who we are, um, and and he's a really good guy. And he took one of my questions, and my question was, how different is it in Port St. Lucie these days for a blogger? And have the Mets done a you know a better job than most teams with accessibility? And he wrote back and said he answered the question and said it's amazing. He said I'm down here right now with m- myself, Michael Barron, Toby Hyde who writes Mets minor league blog, Ted Berg who writes Headquarters.net. The other night Sandy Alderson did a bloggers only press conference, mm-hmm. you know press Q and A. I mean this is th- th- their plan is out there, Bry. It's to shed shed the uh, shed the team of ridiculously bad contracts and build up and rebuild the farm system. How hard is this? One of the things that Sandy Alderson said when he got hired two years ago or a year and a half ago. Yeah. The day that he was hired, his plan was to create payroll flexibility. Absolutely. And that was before he knew he was going to – The day he got hired. So for someone to say the Met fans don't know what the plan is, (laughs) we knew the plan within the first 20 minutes of him being employed by the organization. (laughs) You know? And and, and, and Steve, what has he done? He's he's created that payroll flexibility, and he will tell you, and Fred Wilpon will tell you, and believe them or not believe them, however you want to take it, they will tell you that the flexibility is there to add a player if they need to, if they feel that that's what's in the best interest of the team. They're not going to just throw money for the sake of throwing money out there, but if they have a fit on their team, they want to bring somebody in, and it's going to cost them some money, the option is there. They'll do it. Now, this is where we get into a gray area, though, because I don't believe they do have the money to do it right now. They don't. Right, right that, now, I agree. That's, that's another area where Fred Wilpon is a flat liar. Right. I mean if there was and, – and Ruben has said this, and I have to give Adam Ruben credit because he, he's right, and credit where credit is due. You know, Looking at this team in camp, if you had $10 million more – that you would have been willing to spend, this would have been a better team. Right. Okay. You, you could have you could have brought in uh, a couple of guys for that ten million dollars to have some flexibility and some stability and a backup plan in the starting rotation because they're extraordinarily thin there. They don't know what Johan Santana is going to be. 
You could have brought in a backup catcher or somebody to compete, genuinely compete with Tolley for the job. You could have brought in a fourth outfielder that's not, uh, you know, reclamation project that Adam Lowen is or Mike Baxter, who's a lovely story, but is probably not a major league player. So I don't believe them there. I don't believe anything that comes out of Fred Wilpon's mouth. No. But absolutely not. This notion that Sandy Alderson is here as I don't believe I don't believe it anymore, Cal. I may have believed it initially that he's here as some sort of mission from Bud Selig. And I'm sure there's a part of that that's true. But I think once Sandy Alderson got here and saw what the situation was, now he's like in. Like Sandy Alderson is pot invested now. He's in. Yeah. He's pushed his chips to the table. He's like, I'm going to make this work. If you don't think that this guy's invested in making this work, because now his legacy's on the line. So I think he very well may have taken the job as a favor to Bud Selig. I th- and and he has, he's been pretty frank about the fact that it wasn't – this turned out to be not exactly what he expected. No. He wasn't – he really didn't understand the depths of what was going on here. No. And and nor nor could he have because the Wilpons were lying about it. Right. Who would take the job if you knew exactly what was going on? And the Wilpons have been lying about it since the get go. I mean, these are the same people that said that the Madoff of you know, when, when Madoff got arrested that it wasn't going to affect the team at all. Well, but Fred Fred Wilpon addressed that this week. Yeah, I know, and he's full of crap. He said that, you know, well, we were right at the time because we didn't know we were going to be sued. You weren't right at the time. You had met money invested in Madoff accounts. So it didn't make a difference if you were going to be sued or not. Here's what I'm saying. I'm wearing this brand new, shiny, awesome Mets hat. Nice hat. And I'm going to opening day. We're going to opening day. We're going to opening day. We're going to opening day. Yeah, we're probably going to play a little golf in the morning. Nice. We're going to opening day. We always go. I mean, I I, mean, I always go. We, you right, go we, went last, we went last year. We went last year. We're going, like to make a, we're going to make a thing out of it. doesn't matter what the team is to me. Because it, it because it symbolizes the beginning of the season, right? And we're Met fans, we're baseball fans. We're also going to talk about this more as the season progresses when we get into what's or as the uh, as spring training progresses as we talk about like you and I will definitely get into what's going on on the field with both the Mets and the Yankees and all of Major League Baseball. Like this is one of my favorite things to do mm-hmm. um, is talk about the position battles and who's where and and what team you know. But we also like Ike Davis said today, did you hear Ike, by the way, Cal, on no. Uh, FAN? No. Magnificent. Ike, Ike, got, Ike Davis got riled up. And, they, I, you and know, said, and, he said to Frances, he said, we haven't even played a game yet. And you guys all have us losing 100 games. He said, why? Oh, that's great. Why is that? You know, can we play a game first? How, what was the oh, response? He was, he was riled up. He was well, I'm curious, up. what was the response to that? Francesca's response from from the host. That's cute. I mean, what's he going to say? You know what I mean? He's a, he's a, it's the same thing he said with Wright the other day when he had David Wright on. He's and David kid. and David Wright also acquitted himself very well. Yeah, he's a good kid. Deserves better. You know, deserves better than this. Hey, look, you know what? Nobody's saying that this team is going to win ninety games. Okay, but to say that they're going to be historically bad in January when you when they haven't even swung at a pitch is ridiculous. I'm sorry, it's ridiculous, and we'll get into it. We'll get into it as far as uh, the Marlins, uh, you know, because what could possibly go wrong there? 
I mean, that never happens, right, Brian? Like, teams never throw tons of money at a bunch of free agents and have a combustible clubhouse. It always by, works. Led by a psychopath of a manager. That always works. Always works. What's you know? so wrong? No. Chemistry is so un, uh, so overrated. Yeah, no. Throwing a bunch of money at high-priced free agents always works. Just ask the Mets. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll talk ask about it. the Eagles. Last heat. Yes, the heat. Ask ask the Mets about nine times in their nine different times in their. Ask the Yankees in the eighties. Right, and then when you're done, keep go back and ask the Mets again. Right. (laughs) I I bought this out hat. I'm proud to wear it. I'm looking forward to going to opening day. Uh, I don't think it makes one lick of difference in whether the will. That's where I've changed my tune. It doesn't matter, Cal. I could go to every game this season. Right, they're either going to keep the team or lose the team based on that lawsuit. It's, it's not, not based. It's not based on us. It's not. It's what did not. you? What did you? Um, how did you feel about Fred Wilpon making a joke Ugh. the other day when they asked him how the finances were? Well, what's the, what's the? You came up with the perfect term for for Fred Wilpon, and that, uh, uh, was it willful willful arrogance or no arrogant defiance? Arrogant defiance. Yeah, it's just they haven't. That's the entire family like that. Has, though. I mean, we talked about it last week with them taking a helicopter to a game, you know, to the Heat game and privately chartering a helicopter to have it land on the field. Right. You know, rather than drive up the road, like Vaccaro said. Vaccaro said that, by the way, the day after our podcast. Was it Vaccaro? I couldn't – I knew somebody addressed that. It was Vaccaro. That was, you know, what, you can do that. What, you know, you, you chose to have the helicopter land behind second base for a reason. That's right. You know, and it's it's to say f you <laughs> everybody who thinks we're broke, right? And it's a huge f you to Met fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, you know he he's been so tone deaf. They've both been tone deaf for so long that again it. I don't in any way, shape, or form want them to keep this team. And that ruling, by the way, Bry, is probably going to come down Monday. As to whether or not the trial will even take place. As to whether or not the trial will go forward. Right. It's scheduled to start on the 19th of March. Yeah, if the trial and goes forward. However, right. we'll find Rakoff, out on Monday. Judge Rakoff in the Southern District of New York here could simply rule that they owe this much. Right. You know. Now, at, if you read Megdahl, if you read Howard Megdahl, you realize that if he even rules that $86 million, the lowest – it could possibly be uh-huh. on Monday. The Wilpons are going to have to take a loan immediately to pay that off, or because you have to post ninety-one million dollars to appeal it. Right. <laughs> so I don't know where they're going to get ninety-one million dollars from. Maybe all the stuff that's sitting in escrow from the shares of their own team that they bought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about the Yankees. Seriously. Let's talk about because uh, uh, there's more in the Mets, but I feel good about what I've said. I'm I'm tired of being told how I'm supposed to feel as a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. I'm especially tired of guys like Francesa, who are obviously Yankee fans, who set the narrative, telling me how I'm supposed to feel about the Mets, how I'm supposed to feel about Reyes, mm-hmm. what I would want him to ask Fred Wilpon. Right. <laughs> yeah, I want an interview with Fred Wilpon. I don't want you to do it. I really don't. How about how, how about uh, how about all the goofing off going on in Met Camp too? How dare they? 
Yeah. You have a historically bad team, and you're going to you're going to fool around. You better you better get serious, fellas. <laughs> better get serious. That was David Lennon today. That was David Lennon's article on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Right, because you know. Tim, Tim Burdak, the reliever for the uh, for the Mets, has a uh, had dyed his like ridiculous mustache blonde, mm-hmm. and it looked like Hulk Hogan's. So he came out dressed as Hulk Hogan and did like Hulk Hulkamania, and it was great. Everybody loved it. And everybody had a great time. Oh, did you did you see the reason why he did it? Did you did you read about that? I didn't I didn't read the whole article. I just saw that he did it. Okay, the reason why he did it was again, it was a social media experiment. And he apparently was teaching the young players in the clubhouse how quickly something can be spread today in the age of Twitter. Wow, really? Yeah, that was his whole. That was his way of showing them. And now he had fun with it, obviously. And he was, and it was funny. You know, it was funny. It's great. I thought it, it was, was great. great. You know, it wasn't. He didn't do it in the middle of spring training when guys are fighting for for jobs. A day two. You know, come on. He did it with, like it's the first day that everybody's there. And everybody's, you know, loose right. and, and trying to have fun and, and, you know, trying to set a tone. And one of the reasons why he did it, he said, was, it was, you know, as as an elder statesman on the team, it was a way to show the younger players. Now, remember, at this point in camp, there is a ton, a ton of of just brand new young kids that have never experienced this before and don't know what to do, you know? Yep. It's, only, it's almost like a like, – teaching them life in the big leagues, which is, a, again, a very underrated piece of being a Major League Baseball player. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but that was the reason why I he did that, it. I think that's fantastic. It's great. And to be taken a task for that is just stupid. Yeah. Stupid. You know, and, and, and predictably. we serious. And we talked about it. Like, yep. when, we, when we saw it happen, we both, we both said, okay, wait, let's now cue, cue the naysayers. Cue the criticism. Only yep. the Mets. Yep. Cue the indignity at the fact that they're having a good time. Yep. How dare they? Uh, whatever. I, like I said, I, I, I don't want to be told anymore how I'm supposed to view the team. I don't want to be told what my uh, course of action should be or whatever. And, and And lastly, for me... I also, you know, to say that you don't understand what Sandy Alderson's plan is or where is Paul D. Podesta, Paul D. Podesta runs the draft. He ran the draft. He was on TV for three weeks every night after the draft. To say that you haven't seen him in a year and the Mets are paying him a million dollars for what is absolutely idiotic. He was just on hot stove three weeks ago with Kevin Burkhardt. But but I have what's deep this? What's he doing? He ran the draft. That's his job. He's the assistant GM. He runs the draft. <laughs> He's the guy who made the Wheeler trade. He scouted Wheeler mm-hmm. and got and got Wheeler. That's his job. And Sandy Alderson, if anything, has been unbelievably, as you said, unbelievably forthcoming with what the plan is. I have to cut payroll. There's a ton of dead weight here. I waited on Reyes. He didn't trade Reyes when he could have. He waited it out. He hoped that they could sign him. I don't think he was going to have the. Uh, he thought he was going to have the financial restrictions that he did. Right. I thought he was. I think he thought he was going to be able to offer him more money. To be honest. But I also think that he wasn't willing to tie up that much money in no, Jose Reyes. Think, I don't think they. Would have, I don't think they would have gone six years and 120 million dollars. I don't think they would have done it. 
Because it's not a smart baseball decision. That's exactly right. Now, for, for Fred Wilpon to throw him under the bus the other day. Oh, yeah. See, that's the other thing about that little press conference that drove me nuts, Cal. I mean, everything was, it's a baseball decision, it's a baseball decision, it's a baseball decision. Right. Nonsense, Fred. Right. You literally just threw Sandy Alderson under the bus completely for Jose Reyes. Mm-hmm. But you know his plan. His plan is to shed payroll, have payroll flexibility, and rebuild the minor leagues. And if I have to hear one more time, they got a couple of arms that maybe will be good in a couple of years. Right. The the minor league organization in one year went from like 29th to like 20th. That's huge. They have three of the top 100 prospects in baseball as rated by Baseball America. A, a nonpartisan organization. A nonpartisan organization that specializes in rating young players. That's what they do. Yeah, they they feel that three of the Mets pitchers are are among the top 100. Yeah, and you know what, Mejia probably would have been on that list had it not been for the Tommy John. Could be, you know, so he could soon be on that list again. He's 20. The point is, they're doing what they're doing exactly what he said his plan was going to be. And nobody exactly and, was. And like you said, nobody's expecting them to win 90 games or 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 contend for a wild card spot. Nobody nobody is that. Delusional, you know. But what we what we expect is that we're going to see a competitive team. We're going to see the beginnings of 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 what Sandy Alderson and his crew have been brought in to build. And and you know, we, and we hopefully should, we need, we're going to see we're, we're going to see resolution to the financial situation, Cal. One way or the be, other, it's yeah, it's going to be resolved this season. One way or the other. You're going to know one way or the other if they're going to be able to hold on to the team or if they're going to have to sell the team. It's that simple. You're going to know that this season. Right. You absolutely are. So, good. I feel better. Now. I feel better. How about the underdog t-shirt before we finish? Oh, yeah, boy. Oh, boy. What about that? I would have loved it if it was a player. The fact that it's Jeff Wilpon. Yep. The the one of the owners you made us an underdog. You can't then give us the T shirts. <laughs> you know that's that's Batman dropping Joker in acid and then you know selling him a Joker T shirt. <laughs> you can't you can't do that. That I I I bring that up because as as much as you've come around. And, and we've taken the stance on the Mets that you know this this is uh, major league this year. We want them to be successful, just to shove it in everybody's face. Um, whenever you do that, and you defend them, and you get on their side, and you get behind them, and you get excited, they still have a tendency to do something like that with the underdog T-shirts, and you just you can't defend it. And but that's but that's oh uh, it didn't bother me that much. That's well, that's, but the. But the grief that they get, they deserve. But the idiocy of it is that it's the ownership. Okay, right. if it was if it was Ike Davis who went and had these shirts made up, you wouldn't have a problem with it. No, of course not. You'd feel great about it. So and why doesn't the ownership just leave them alone and let them do it? Right. Rather than force it. You know what I mean? Now it's been now it has been made into such a federal case. That you would think that they were wearing, uh, walking around in blackface. <laughs> this team, you know? which is always a poor choice. Let us just remind you again. Ready to remind reminder. 
<laughs> Can I do my The More You Know? Yeah, go ahead. Hit the music. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, wait. I'm, I need to use different music. Or should we use the same music? No, it's the same. you got to use the same music. Right. We should use the same music. Okay. Hi, this is Steve Sampietro from Ready to Load with Callum Sampi. Just to let you know, blackface is still always a bad idea. The more you know. It's pretty good. I feel good about that. That was really good. I think we got that in one take. I think so. We can print that. We can print that. Martini shot. That's it. We're out. Um, Hey, Cal. Yeah. Bobby V and the Yankees oh, and the team, oh. and oh I love it. Oh I love it so much. How dare he? <laughs> you how, animal. How dare you, you animal? Who who are you? Bobby oh. Valentine. Who are you? Oh, I love it so much. I can't even wrap my head around how much I love it. And the best part about it is he is laughing his way oh. down the street. Can I ask I have two questions for you. Uh, I think it was Vaccaro who wrote today in the New York Post about how great it is that Boston fans have to root for a guy just like Rex. Right. Who's now managing the Red Sox, and they hate Rex Ryan. But how does how – does, okay, so Bobby Valentine's doing like a second day of camp interview uh, at, down at Red Sox camp. Uh-huh. How does Derek Jeter's cutoff – play against the A's even come up? Was it because they were... I think it was because the Red Sox were practicing cutoffs, maybe? I don't know. I wish I knew. And who brought it up? Was it the media or was it Bobby Valentine? It was the media who asked him, what did you think of that play? Because maybe something happened on the field where like and one of the media was like, oh, if Jeter was there, you know, or if Jeter was in on that play, he would have been backing it up or something like that. And Valentine... (laughs) You have a weird situation there, Brian, because their collapse, the Red Sox collapse was epic. Yes. And there could be a, no pun intended, hangover there for sure. Mm -hmm. And so the first day he comes out and says no more beer, Bobby Valentine says no more beer in the locker room. Right. So prohibition has been enacted. (laughs) Uh, I stole that line from Beccaro. And then the next day he comes out and rips Jeter and basically calls A-Rod a puss. <laughs> like, right. And that Veritech beat the crap out of A-Rod. <laughs> and then the next day, retracts the Jeter statement, I have to apologize, because of course they practiced that play. Right. And it was such a snarky apology. Yeah, like, too. tongue so firmly in his cheek. Right. But everybody ran with it. Oh, I see. Look what he did. He backtracked. He had to apologize for because it. Because the Yankee, the Yankee brass and writers got very upset. And fans, and like, and very defensive. Like, you know, yep. Yankees have been practicing that play since uh, this guy was in running the minor league system. Like, that's what the post said or whatever. Yeah, I was like, wow, some stuff protest too much. Uh, you know, don't want to see anything touched in, you know, the the captain's lore. But you know, and you know, and just real quick, you know what I find to be an extremely underrated, fun thing about Derek Jeter. As he gets older, mm. he is so cranky. 
<laughs> he just has no patience for anything anymore. Do you see him in interviews, right. post-game interviews? Uh, you know, <laughs> he just has no patience for anything. He's just like, you know, really? I got to talk about this? Right. What did you think of Bobby Valentine's comments? Really? I, I used to, I'm Derek Jeter. Are you actually asking me that? Can I just send you a gift basket? Can we move on? I have an edge. I have, I have an edge. Okay. Maybe you, have, maybe you haven't heard. I have an edge. Here's a gift basket. Let's just let's just call it a day. And then and then A Rod comes out and says, "Oh, listen, I'm not going to win too many war of words." <laughs> That's for sure. He's just he's like he's just like deputy dog now. He's just a ha- you know hang dog figure. Like oh whatever. <laughs> deputy Downer. Yeah. Everybody doesn't like me. I think that should be A Rod's voice for this season. That'd be good. Everybody thinks I'm <laughs> doesn't like me anymore. Um, the truth is, though, Cal, I love the Bobby V stuff because uh, that rivalry needed it. You know, that rivalry needed that because they had gotten a little complacent with the idea that one of them's going to win the wild card and one's going to win the division. And then the last year, the Red Sox had that epic collapse and Tampa Bay captured the wild card on the last day of the season. So that put that to rest. And now this year, you know, Boston's a team with a lot to prove, and they needed this. The Yankees, I think, are definitely the best team in that division because of the addition of Michael Pineda. Um, another year for Robinson Cano. Um, I, I, I mean, the, the Yankees are once again loaded. I think they're comfortable in their skin. I think they're going to be a much better team than they were last year. They've gotten rid of A.J. Burnett. They've added Michael Pineda to that. Rotation. CC Sabathia doesn't have the contract hanging over his head. I, I, I mean, we're going to get into the Yankees for sure, but they are camp pleasantry again, which is nice. Believe me, <laughs> having experienced it from the other side of town. So this this Red Sox thing, I think the Yankees need it. I do. I think the Yankees need some juice. I think things had gotten. We talked about it on the show. I think they had gotten false rivalry ish. Cal, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like good, they needed they needed an injection uh, into this rivalry of somebody like really being a jerk, like really stirring the straw, and being like we're totally gonna throw at you. I can't wait. Like I'm surprised Valentine's not like we're totally gonna throw at Jeter. It's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm da- Daniel Bard is totally throwing at Jeter. It's gonna be great. You know they needed this. This rivalry needed it. The I, I think the Yankees need this. Yankees are never going to have this juice with Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is a great team. You know, Tampa Bay is going to be a very good team, and they're not going to have that juice with Tampa Bay. They need it with the Red Sox. I just go for the game. Yeah, I think um, I think they're. I think I disagree with what you're saying about them being loaded. They're lo- they're talented, and they probably have the most talented uh, most talented of any team in the division. But they are older. They're an old team. And they're a year older, and they just brought in a 39-year-old DH, you know? By, who, by all accounts, is apparently in, in great shape, Raul Banyas. And also a great clubhouse guy. And a great clubhouse guy. So I don't want to, you know, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing that move, but Teixeira is, is a year older, and, and Ray A-Rod is a year older, and Jeter's a year older, and Rivera's a year older. And, you know, so, they're, so they're heading in the wrong direction, and I think that's something that, that – it's going to be a tricky 
it's going to be a tricky road for Girardi to manage, trying that's, to get them playing that's, time. And that's fair, Cal, but they can still pitch. That's all that matters. Well, you know, let's let's we'll talk about that. As the I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not saying they're you know odds-on favorite to win the World Series. I'm just saying there's no reason they shouldn't win 95 games again. Well, you're gonna you want to pencil. Uh, Pineda in is that second starter. He had a very pedestrian second half last year. Yeah, but he's 20. I mean, he's 20. Can he figure it out a little bit? And also, he was on a historically bad offensive team. Historically bad. I mean, it, it's, it stinks. Yeah, he's, 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 still pitched, he's still pitched almost a five ERA. I know. That's, that's I, 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 the offense. We made that trade. I know what he is. We made the trade in fantasy. I know what he is. I'm just trying but to help I'm myself saying, deal with this. <laughs> but I'm saying there's something to the mental aspect, too, that if you give up two runs in the first inning, the game's over. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. Know, as with the Yankees, if you give up two runs in the first inning, you'll be up 5-2 by the end of the first. Look, it was a, it was, it was a great trade. It bordered on a steal, I think, to get an arm of that. They still have Dylan Patances. They still yeah. have Wellos. They still have Phil Hughes. They still have... Uh, you know, guys like uh, Freddie Garcia, who somehow gave them innings in, in last year. Ivan Nova. Ivan Nova, who, you know, won 19 games. Yeah. They have pitching, Cal. They still have pitching. They have Dave Robertson in the bullpen. They still have the the great Mariano Rivera. You know, they they, they still have too much pitching, Bri. They still have much. I'm, I, I'm still taking their pitching over Boston's. You have to. I'm not taking it over Tampa Bay's, but I'm taking it over Boston's. So, yeah, but, I mean, we'll get into it. But but the Yankees, I think this is a good thing for the Yankees. I want to see them come out with a little more fire against the Red Sox. They had like a laissez-faire attitude against the Red Sox last year. Like they lost, what, the first eight games against them? Yeah. Eight or nine games in a row, and they were still like, wow, we're both going to be in the playoffs. What's the difference? Well, and now with the new wild card, that's going to yeah. change things too. Good segue. What do you think? What do you feel? What do you know? I like it. I like it. I, as a Mets fan, we love it. Well, as a baseball fan, why you think you think back to that? Be relevant in you know July. Yeah, I know. For that you, wild card. But you think back to that that last day of the season last year, and all the drama in those three games. Right. Well, maybe you can get five games like that now. You could. Um, I I personally would prefer to see a best two out of three. Yeah, I think a one-game playoff is rough. A one-game playoff is 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 really after now in '62. The team that in, that previously had won the wild card, right? Your fourth team in the division in the league, now has to play a one-game playoff to advance. So, I, I just I like putting much more importance back on the division winners. That's a, that was a huge thing for me. So you, you know, like that aspect of it. I love that. Win the divi- Now you're really going to fight to win the division because fight you don't want to get stuck in a one-game playoff. That's right, where anything can happen. Right. Anything goes. All bets Which are is, and, and going to your point, that's why the Yankees and Red Sox got so complacent the last couple of years because yep. they both knew they were going to make it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it too, and I like it that it's in for this season. I have no problem with it. I'm not, I, don't, I do understand the purest aspect you know, I I do understand. You know, guys uh, and and girls that that have been watching the game for for a really long time that don't like that. That would like to go back to just the three playoff teams, or um, or even two. You know, like have the two divisions or whatever. But 
it's in it's in it's a new age, you know, and there is such a discre- there's no salary cap and there is such a huge discrepancy between the haves and the have nots that maybe the only way to get the Kansas City Royals a shot at the playoffs is to do this. You know, that because the because of no salary cap, the difference between the, the big market teams and the small market teams, the 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 wedge has never been greater. You know, so I think it's necessary for baseball. You know, you can you definitely have some sort of parity in baseball, Brian, because look at who's won the last few World Series. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the Giants who weren't supposed to win, who won. You have the the, the Cardinals who weren't supposed to win, who have won. You had the Diamondbacks in the playoffs last year. You know, you've had some surprise teams in the playoffs. I think you need more of that. I think you need the 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 uh, A's to be able to challenge for that second wild card, you know, because the the, the discrepancy is too, too big. I love that they did it for this year. I think it's great. And I, how how could it be bad? Because you, you could potentially have half of the league, 15 teams, could could be playing meaningful games with two weeks left in the season now. Yeah. You know? And as Fred, Fred Wilpon once famously said, meaningful games in September. That's what it's all about. That's right. Not about winning pennants or winning World Series. No. So, uh, God. Don't, and I keep coming back to it, but... Hey, listen, uh, uh, before we get to the fun load, because we do have an actual fun load. We do. Yeah. Um, I have a... I have a uh, Retraction? I don't know if it's a retraction. I want to get your. I I, I want to ask you honestly about the Braun thing. Uh, because I came out very strongly last week that I felt like he had been in some way, shape, or form exonerated. You did, and you said very famously now, as uh, it's gotten at least uh, ninety downloads. Uh, you said very very famously that in the Cal court of public opinion or the court of Cal opinion. He is still guilty. Right. He's proven nothing out of a technicality. And I think I I think I want to come a little bit more to your side. Let's see. Let's see how far you want to come. Because and and, and you know, this is this is gonna be all about you because I feel even stronger today than I did last week. Wow. after hearing him for the last week. Yeah, I think I think you know what swayed me over to you? It wasn't even him. No? And him sort of being like a douche. I, I mean, that press conference was just, oh, bad idea jeans, as you yeah. would say. Um, it's uh, the player's reaction. Buster Only wrote a great little column today on the uh, Insider on ESPN.com about how the players 10 years ago would have been all about him being exonerated. And now today are like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Like shame on him. It's a joke that he's able to get off on this technicality, and that's not a rift in the players' union or, or anything. But as only explains it, most players want the game clean because it threatens their livelihood if it's not right. Because people will stop going if it turns into wrestling, and it threatens their legacy too. If if they were known as the as the players in the steroid era. I think I'm. I think I'm. I think I'm in with you. I think I owe you an apology, Brian. You don't owe me anything. I'm sending you uh, some flowers and a uh, apology bouquet. With How about an edible arrangement? 
No, no. It's, I'm going full on 1-800-Flowers with the happy face uh, mug. Oh, nice. It's a nice uh, arrangement of flowers in a uh, mug, smiley face mug that says, I'm sorry. Does it come with a bear? It does come with a bear that's in the mug, and the bear is holding a sign that says, I was wrong. Uh, he and just. I'm sending you that again. Another another call back to what you said earlier. Me thinks he doth protest too much, Ryan. Yeah. On why you know what? If you got off on a technicality, that's great. You don't have to be suspended. Just go away now. That's it. Just, yeah, don't come out with the you know the the. See, do you see now? See, look, I'm I was I'm innocent. I didn't take I didn't take anything. Yeah, you you jerks. Right. You guys were all mean to me. Yeah, I got I got showed you. Yeah. Not great. Not a great feeling about that. No. Uh so anyway, I think uh I think I'm I, I think in the court of Cal opinion, I am coming with a verdict of guilty. Oh. Guilty. Somebody has, I I don't know who it was, but somebody tweeted that the worst part about that press conference was his Mel Kuyper hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who said that, but it was great. Really bad. If there was ever a hairdo not to emulate, <laughs> good old Mel Kuyper Jr. Um, by the but speaking of Mel Kuyper, Cal, uh, great podcast him and McShay do. By the way, for the end yeah. of the draft. Oh, we're we're just about into uh, into full blown draft season. Oh, I'm like a junkie for. I've been into full blown draft season since the Jets finished the season at eight and eight. Yeah. I know who I want already. I can't wait to do the draft episode with Hubie. Will he be around? He will. Okay. He's already he's already chomping at the bit. Mike. This is great. This is the time of year where we get to bring Hubie back on for March Madness and, and the draft. draft. Yep. Our our resident expert, NCAA expert. I know who I want though. He's gonna he's gonna uh, Hubie's gonna be a little insufferable because he's a Giant fan. Yeah. So he will let us hear that. But um no, he's he I think he knows who I want to draft. And he might approve. Hey, free agency starts for the NFL in a couple weeks. What do you make of this uh what do you make of this Sanchez and this Chad Henney and the thing with the Jets? I'm all for it. I mean you know, Mike, I, Mike Tenenbaum's been on every uh I think he was on like the five hundred club the other day. Like he's he's making appearances everywhere. I think he's going to be at the Kids' Choice Awards on Nickelodeon also. He might get slimed. He might, you know. <laughs> For that season, he should. Good fun. Um, I think uh, I, I've always believed in in the fact that Sanchez probably could use some competition. I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I think it's less about competition, Brian, more about having a viable backup. Yeah, that's true. You know, somebody that if he is crap in the bed, you don't feel terrible about maybe pulling him and putting the guy in and lighting a fire under his butt that way. Right. They, they haven't had that guy. We'll see. I, I, it's, it's, NFL free agency is, is, has become a lot more – it's not as good as baseball free agency, but it's pretty good. It's, yeah, it is good. It's getting pretty good. It was fun last summer, too, when everything happened in, in two days. The draft is going to be crazy too, Brian, because of the collective bargaining agreement in that guys can only make a certain amount. Right. You're going to see a lot more trades and stuff like that. It's a lot more – it's a lot less dangerous to trade into the top five now. 
Mm-hmm. It's a lot less of a gamble. So we already know that the Rams are, are going to trade that number two pick. It's just a matter of to who. But they can, they should be able to get more of a windfall than the Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers one because the team that's trading into that spot is already slotted. They can only pay him a certain amount. That's right. So you're even taking less of a chance. Oh, it's going to be good. God, I love the draft. Oh, I love the draft. And then the Knicks will be in the playoffs. It's There's a lot of stuff coming up. A lot of stuff, I tell you. This is the portion of the podcast where Ryan and I talk about something fun, sports related. I don't know why I just turned to you. Schmoozing BMW of Bayside What with the car and the Seinfeld even On the Seinfeld Uh, So tonight in the fun load Here's what I want to talk about Bri You see my new hat right I've been looking at it for the last hour and a half (laughs) You see how I'm wearing it on my head right You're wearing it backwards Right As, as, As disrespectful as possible per Buck Showalter Right so we had a I had a little conversation with uh my wife tonight before starting the show. I was uh, I took I bought this hat today cuz I happened to be walking past the Mets clubhouse and just could not resist. Had to go in there and buy uh merchandise. It is it, I'm telling you it is a sharp hat. It's a great and hat. The only thing better than the hat are the new spring training jerseys. Yes. And and all the jerseys now without the black drop shadow. No black anywhere. Yes. Um so I, I I put it on, I showed it to my wife, and I was like, what do you think? You Because know, I had made this vow, and I told her about this no merchandise <laughs> vow. And she, she, I mean, she was more skeptical than you. She was like, you're full of crap. There's no chance you don't buy something, at least for Wes. And, and I said, look, Wes is at, we can buy anything we want for Wes. Wes doesn't count. I'm talking about me. My son does not count. Wesley does not count. Well, he doesn't count. In regards to buying merchandising. That's a, no, duh. Gee whiz. We have social services at my door. And like, we don't need CPS uh, filing a claim against us. <laughs> so I showed her the hat. It's nice. Nice hat. And I flipped it around. I put it on backwards. She's like, got to tell you, now I wear my hat backwards all the time. I have since I was a little kid. And my excuse has always been I'm a catcher. And I was. I've always been a catcher, so I can wear my hat backwards. You don't always wear it backwards, though. You, I, I have never. I will. Here's what I'll tell you. I've never seen someone equally distribute wearing it frontward and backwards <laughs> as much as you. I, I, I'd like to try to give it. You know, I, I think in a given night it will start forward. It will go backwards at some point, and it will go back forward. Yeah. Okay. I usually end the night forward. And throughout the course of a, of any kind of sporting event that you're watching. It goes back and forth at least twenty times. <laughs> yeah, that's well. That depends on what side is lucky right. at that point. So I put it on backwards, and she says, "You know, I gotta tell you, with the backwards, you should wear your hat forwards." And I said, "Okay." And I said, "Why?" She said, "No, you you know this. You've been married for way longer than I have. You know, there's certain times where you don't ex- like you know something's coming, and then you get something that you didn't expect." So she says, it makes you look, okay, now I know something's coming. 
Now you may expect, depending on your wife, you know, stupid, whatever, like dopey, whatever, right. childish. So I had a number of expectations there. She goes, it makes you look mean. I was like, wow, I did not see that coming. What do you mean, like mean? Like it makes you look sort of, and so I knew what she was getting at, but she didn't want to come out and say it. So I pressed her on it. I said, no, come on, really, because I wasn't expecting you to say mean. I thought you were going to say like dopey or whatever. She never says dopey, by the way. I'm the only person who uses that word. (laughs) Me and my dad. Um, And he's 68. So she said, well, I was like, does it make me look like mean, like on the streets? Or does it make me look like... She said, it it makes you look like a jock. Like Like a sort of jerky sort of jock. So I don't think mean was the word she was talking about. Exactly. I think the word she was thinking of starts with a D. That's correct. But 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 it's prefaced with jock. Right. So it makes you look like a jock douchebag. <laughs> right. And but wow. I love the fact that and I know what she's getting at. But I love the fact that she tried to use mean. <laughs> To to get around it. But here's my question to you. Is there – there's a proper way to wear a baseball hat, okay? And, and I don't want this to come off as like we're 80 years old segment. <laughs> but I I only have one problem with the way a baseball hat is worn by one group of people, and that's Major League Baseball players. <laughs> like I don't care – how you you know the 15 year old kid wears his hat with the labels on and the brim straight out and I don't care that doesn't it really doesn't bother me because they're kids they're you know or they're adults whatever they are they're trying to do something different you know what I mean they're doing something different they're wearing it differently that's the style I have no problem with that I do have a problem with a major league baseball player who wears his hat that way drives me crazy Am I okay? So two questions here in the fun load. One, am I wrong? And two, can we talk to somebody about getting an accepted way to wear a baseball hat, please? You're not wrong, Uh, but if you ask someone ten years younger than us, they'll they'll tell you you're not right. But but the ten years younger than us playing in the major leagues though in the major leagues you're ten years ten years there. the the people that wear that hat the way that you're talking about is are are guys that are ten years younger than us playing in the major leagues actually they're like fifteen years younger than us playing in the eh, not 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 all of that like um obviously the one that that jumps out is uh, is Java Chamberlain yes jumps out. No reason for that. Why? Bend your hat. CC Sabathia. <sighs> a little I bit. It, I hate it, but I. <sighs> it's a little bit bent. I could, I could deal with the, the 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 curvature of the brim. I cannot deal with the askewness. <laughs> so the askew bothers you more than the straight brim. 
No, 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 no. The, the straight brim bothers me oh, much more. But but I don't think CC Sabathia's brim is as straight as as others. As Jabba's. Jabba's Chad Cordero had a really yeah. awful one. Jabba's is egregious. George Sherrill. George Sherrill. For, for whatever reason. Why? I mean, you're George Sherrill. <laughs> Has anybody told you you're George Sherrill? I, yeah, it's it's I it's tough. I don't care for it. Well, you know, it's 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 part of it's part of the overall look. You know, it's it's the cap. It's it's the really baggy pants mm-hmm. that they wear. Um, it's the slop the sloppiness of it. It you right. know. I don't even have a huge problem with the baggy pants. I don't. Niger Morgan. And Niger Morgan is probably the most egregious uh, uh, violator of the hat sanctum. Don't like the hat. <laughs> the sanctum, the sanctity of the baseball cap. Look, just right. bend your brim. You know, I'm not saying you got to look like a truck driver. Just bend your brim a little bit. Now, the spring training caps come pre-bent. That's right. Didn't even have to touch this one. No, it's a, that's a perfect curvature. Still got the old tagger on it. Didn't even have to touch it. But I hope that Majestic is making the game hats like this. Uh, you know what? You know what I learned? It's not Majestic. It's New Era, right? Or New Era makes the game hats. That's right. It's New Era. But you know what they have? They actually have something called a low crown cap. And these are caps. On. <laughs> yeah. I. I. Why did? I forgot where I saw this. I. I read this somewhere, and it was. For those of you that don't like to – some people like the, the spring training caps, the, the, the batting practice caps as they're called, because they, they fit really well. You know, they just they they come pre-fit for your head. The thing fits like a glove. But the, but the actual caps that they wear, the game caps, sometimes are a little boxy. They are. And you sometimes can't – your head does not t- touch the top of it, and it just looks right. a little silly on you. You look like you're driving the caboose. That's right. And you try so hard to break it in. You stretch it and you pull it and you sit on it and you I drive used to take the you, you used to take the cloth out. Yep. Actually take the cloth the uh the 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 white stitching. Yep. You could actually take it out. I did that on many a hat. Throw it in the dishwasher. That was another thing. Throw it in the dishwasher, that's right. Um but New Era makes a version of the game cap. It's called it's called a low crown cap, and it fits more like uh, like the batting practice cap. Is it a low crown cap, yo, yo, y'all, y'all? What is it, yo? Is it yo or y'all? I don't even I don't know. You, you're talking to somebody who is married into a family where y'all is actually like real. Oh, that's true. Like y'all is genuine. The kids today they they use they yo do use y'all or yeah. y'all. I can't. I never know what it is. I uh, I have been told many times that uh, y'all does not indicate that you have a dialect or an accent. Is that so? That's correct. Huh. Yeah, it's accepted. It's in the uh, dictionary. Okay. I don't know which one. Let's go back to the backwards and frontwards because yes. Well, that's that's where I wanted to wrap up uh, the, this fun load with the hats backwards and and forwards. Um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I love. Fr- I've said it eight hundred million times. Frontwards. Have you? Yeah. Put your hat on frontwards. That's, Front prob- that's probably not right. Here's where I stand on that. 
If you're if you are going out on a Saturday to run errands and you want to throw a cap on, forward always when you reach a certain age. Really? Yeah. If you're working around the house, like I will, I I think especially during the baseball season, I wear a baseball cap pretty much um, almost every minute I'm awake on the weekend if I'm not actually going somewhere. <laughs> Um, it just, it just, it's just, it's just, I, you know, I, I have to just you know, get wait, up, you just get up and throw it on. You put the cap on, but like if I'm working around the house, I'll put the cap on backwards. All right. You know, but if I, but if I then have to make a quick trip, you know, maybe go to a home depot, you know, I'm doing a little plumbing around the house. I need, I need a, uh, some copper tubing, right? I'm going to turn the hat around, face it forward little more formal, I'll go to Home Depot. A <laughs> little more little more, you know, business in front. Right. Party in the back. Yeah, I won't wear the I won't wear the cap backwards if I'm out. Now, the 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 exception obviously is if you are out at a ball game. That's true. You could wear the cap backwards. Then anything goes. Then know. anything goes. It's fine. I like these I like these rules. Does it do they make sense? They absolutely do. And I need to take a look at my cap behavior. Because I I have many a time I'll run to the store throw the cap on and put it on backwards. It's just cap awareness. Just have some cap awareness. That's all we're looking for. We may need a uh, a cap guru. If you're a 23 year old kid and 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 you're walking around with your keys on a shoelace around your neck, <laughs> feel free to put the cap backwards wherever you go. It's fine. Knock, knock yourself out. It's fine. You can be at a but, wedding. It doesn't make a difference. When you. <laughs> In a wedding, it's fine. When you get to a certain, you know, when you get to a certain age, where pe- if somebody's going to look at you and say, "What the hell? this guy with the hat backwards, really?" <laughs> is this guy really doing this? Hey, Grandpa, turn your hat around. What's he like? Thirty-seven? What, what is? What's that guy doing with the backwards hat? Hey, guy, it's over. Here, look. This and this is my final thing on this. I, I. Uh, I, re- I recently celebrated a birthday since our last show. So yes, I'm a little that's older. right. By the way, happy birthday. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Last Saturday uh, was your birthday. Last Saturday. What there, I did... There goes my final unload. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, but what I did to celebrate my birthday was I uh, I took a list of all of the Major League Baseball players that are in spring training camps. I told you this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, again... Put it in Microsoft Excel, sorted it by date of birth. I mean, we're talking. I mean, all all camp invitees. So this is you're talking fifty, sixty guys per team. A team. Fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred guys. Sorted it by date of birth, and found out that there are only twenty nine current major league players in spring training camps that are older than me. Do you have that list handy? I, I, yeah, I think I might actually. I would love for you to just quickly read down that list. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But yeah, because you know, here's what we'll do: if you can find it, Cal, read down it, and because I want to know what the quality of these 29 guys is. Like in other words, I want you to say the guy, and I'll say like, 
like we, I don't want to do rated, <laughs> rated, overrated, but you know, right. what I, you know what I mean, like uh, viable, right. not viable, hanging on, you know, cap, cap backwards or frontwards. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, I could give you, I give you a couple. Raul Abanez is one. No, I want the list. You got to go down the list. Oh, you want the actual list, huh? Get the list. You have to have it. I, I do, I do have it. Come on, find that. Find I have, it. I have music. How long could it take? Uh, not not that long. Here, you know what? Let's play this while you're looking for it, because uh, in honor of uh, our producer who's not here tonight. Uh-huh. Uh huh. PJ, you are seriously, man, in a league of one. You are the best. You get it done so efficiently, quickly, and such a high standard, my man. You are my hero. Jim Nance, CBS Sports. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, let's just play that. And you know what? Uh, while you're doing that too, I'm going to tease a little something here for those of you still listening. Ooh. I'm going to tease a little something. Okay. Uh, we're going to have uh, Bill Pito on the program. Is is that confirmed? Well, we we just have to set up the time. But uh, yes. Oh, great. Speaking of uh, uh, you know uh, famous people that maybe you'll do a tag for us. Right in the sports. No, Bill Pito is uh, is uh, going to come on the show. Hopefully, we're going to tape that in the next week or so. Uh, he can do the weekend too, Cal. So we'll, uh, we'll oh great. We'll tape uh, a segment with Bill Pito. He's looking forward to coming on the show. Looking forward to talking about uh, not just the locals uh, as he does the uh, the pre and post game for the Knicks and the Rangers on MSG when they're on the road. And also, of course, worked at ESPN, did baseball tonight, the NFL. Uh huh. Um, but he. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about the social media aspect and how his job has changed. It really, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a huge deal these yeah. days. Yeah, and and what you know, what he thinks of blogging and what he thinks of social media and what he thinks of the different ways to follow your team nowadays. Uh, so we are going to have uh, Pito on. All right, you got it yet? I do. Hold on. Nice. Come on. I'm going to give you the pitchers first. I have I have it broken down by pitchers and batters. Good. We need some. Uh, let me get some music underneath here. Let me get some music underneath. Here we go. It's actually and actually, the number is is smaller. It's not twenty nine. Based on recent retirements. Oh my gosh! Just, right, right. Wait, wait. All right. This is the perfect music for this. I turned thirty eight years old last Saturday. Thirty eight years old. Thirty eight. The following players in spring training camps are older than me. This is what's left. And I'll say, uh, I'll give you the rating. I'll give uh, hat forwards, hat backwards. This is what's left. Okay. All right. If I had any thoughts. Are we agreeing that hat forwards is good, hat hat frontwards is good, hat backwards is bad? Yeah, because hat backwards would indicate, you know, you should be young if you're wearing your hat backwards. Okay. Sorry, half half forward. Okay, ready? Uh, The recent, and now I'll give you the guys that were retired. Tim Wakefield. (laughs) He's gone. Hat backwards. Okay. I think Uh, hat backwards means working around the house. I think hat forwards forwards means you can still play Major League Baseball. That's what you should be doing is working around the house. That's right. Uh, Takashi Saito. Hat forwards. In camp with Arizona, 42 years old. Mm -hmm. Hat forwards. Rivera. Hat forwards. D- two um, hats forward. Two. <laughs> like a Sherlock Holmes hat. <laughs> <laughs> two brims. 
uh, 42-year-old Arthur Rhodes. He's a lefty reliever. His hat will always be forward. He's kicking around. He'll be 56 um, years old and his hat will be forward. 41-year-old Darren Oliver. Hat forward. Thank you. He's in camp with Rockets. Like it. Uh, the following players are 39. Ramon Ortiz. Forwards. Trevor Miller. Backwards. Derek Lowe. Backwards. Jason Isringhausen. Backwards. Latroy Hawkins. Backwards. The 39 group did not do well. They did not. So those are your um those are the pitchers. Now we go to the batters. The inevitable the inevitability of me uh, actually drafting Derek Lowe too in in our fantasy <laughs> baseball league makes my hat backwards assessment even more painful. Uh, <laughs> um Omar Vizquel at 45 years old. Oh, Omar Vizquel. A borderline Hall of Famer. Uh, backwards. Sorry. Sorry, Omar. Matt Stairs. 44 years old. Backwards. Uh, should be. He's Kenny. Uh, <laughs> he's bounding down. Kenny Powers. He's Kenny Powers. Jim Tomey. Uh, sideways? Jim Tomey may actually wind up being the starting first baseman. Yeah, because, oh, because, oh, because uh, why is that, Cal? Tell us why. Because well, Ryan Howard is not. Yeah, oh, had a setback, didn't he? A little bit of a setback. He's out indefinitely. But, oh, hey, let's pencil those Phillies in. They're not getting old at all. Nope. Sorry, just had to get that out there. Uh, Jim uh, Tomey had sideways. Jason Jolly. Had backwards. Selling steroids. Here's a couple of recently retired players that made the list. So, again, this is included in the 29. Okay. Jason Varitek. Had backwards. Craig Council. Had always backwards. He was a catcher. Craig Council. You feel like he should be head forward still. I think so. He'd be killing the Mets. Mike Cameron. Had backwards. It was time. Jorge Posada. Had backwards. All these guys are retired. So we're down to like 22 now. Okay. Uh, uh, Ivan Rodriguez, Pudge. He's not in camp yet, though. He's not in camp, but he's not retired. He's hat forwards. He's still a usable player. But he's a catcher. He's still a usable player. Okay. Uh, Henry Blanco. (laughs) Everybody loves Hank White. He's 40. Hat forwards. Come on, he's Hank White. He is Hank White. Jeff Bloom. At backwards. Uh, Melvin Mora just retired. Hat backwards. Because Melvin Mora, I don't know whatever they're saying his age is, but he's 57 years old. <laughs> uh, Raul Banez, as we said. Hat forwards. Still useful. And, and last, certainly not least, our favorite 40 year old Chipper Jones. Ugh. Uh, you know what, though? I told you. I have a new thing with Chipper Jones. Uh, he almost doesn't even bother me anymore. I know. I know. It's weird. He almost doesn't even bother me anymore. That's correct. I'm going to give Chipper a hat forward. How you like that? And a big and a big lipper. See, there's a lot of guys that are still viable Major League players. 
So you're out, saying out of, there's a chance. Out of the fifteen hundred, there's like nineteen. Listen, buddy, you're on this list too. There's only like three or four more <laughs> before May that are not going to make it to May. That's all the time we have on Ready to Unload for episode 3.08. Uh, we will have Pop Culture PJ back next week, but this was uh, enjoyable. Cal, I've, I've enjoyed this. Uh, give us your final unload. Well, my final unload is I, I look forward to Pop Culture PJ coming back next week, but, uh, you know, stay out of it a little bit. Let us do our thing, because this was fun. <laughs> and my, uh, boy, he's going to have some words for you. That's all right. My final unload goes out to Fred Wilpon. Hey, Fred, next time you want to hold an impromptu press conference at training camp, try to go easy on the money jokes. Anything involving money. It's not funny. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. Uh, And also, if you are curious whether or not Met fans care whether you own the team or not, we do. A lot. I mean, no, seriously, like a really lot. We really care. I mean, I'm, it's it's gotten awkward. You know, if, if caring about you owning the team was a Twitter address, we'd be blocked. Without a doubt. Because it'd be stalked. Okay, uh, that's all the time we have. Join us next week for Ready to Unload with Cal and St. Pete. All new episode. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk football free agency. We'll talk the NCAA Madness. Mach Madness. Uh, and that's it. Say goodnight, Cal. Good night, Cal. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.